Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Star Guys, a podcast about Stargirl on the CW. I'm a Star Guy signing on for this finale episode. I'm Alex. I am also a Star Guy, and I'm here to show how much light I have in my soul. Aw. You gonna say your name? I'm Justin. I'm Pete. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about the finale of season two of Stargirl Summer School Chapter Woo! 13. So if you haven't watched it, though you probably have by this point, but you if you haven't watched watch it, it, turn away. Get out of here. We're going to spoil it. This is the big showdown with Eclipso happens here. Lots of big stuff happens as, spoiler, they beat him and turn him into some burnt toast. Uh, and then we get a good <laughs> chunk of the episode is wrap up and teeing up the next season of the show, which is going to be season three, Frenemies. Frenemies. One of those Frenemies is going to be none other than Mr. Bones himself. Keith David. Keith David. Mr. Bones. Yes. Not the character Mr. Bones. That's what we call Keith David here on the podcast is Mr. Bones. Um, And he always goes, no, no, Mr. Bones is my father. Please just call me Bones. Wow. Just call me regular Bones. Regular Bones. Uh, But yeah, that's what's going on. Those are the extremely broad strokes. Uh, As we suspected, Courtney found her light and fought back, but there were plenty of surprises along the way. Now, Pete, you were geeking out about this episode even before we got on. Talk about your feelings about it and the season as a whole. Holy crap, what an episode. I mean, the, you know, the kind of recap just before we kind of hit the title card for this app was so intense and so cool. It was like this, it was all worth it for this kind of moment. This whole episode was just a nonstop kind of like action. You know, I was just really impressed with not only the pace of it, but all that that happened. I, I was just like, wow, what an app. This is exciting. It's a great TV show, and I, it makes it all worth it, uh, you know, when you put in all this time and energy. You, this guy's <laughs> hype. This guy's hyped on this mm-hmm. show right now. Pete's yeah. not just a star guy. He's a shooting star guy. And you make a wish on Pete if you're listening out there, because it'll come true. Fuck but that don't creepy racist kid. Wait, what? what I said, about- fuck that creepy racist kid. He's finally dead. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Never mind. Well, in what real I life, <laughs> it, <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, uh, Justin. What about you? What did you think about this episode and the season? Are you as high on it as Pete is? Uh, this is a fun season. Um, I agree. This show goes from a super dark, like everything's bad tone, to a point in the show where you can turn the villain into toast, and they're like, "That's the story." Um, So that to me is crazy. And let me throw this out there. There's a new most interesting character on the show uh, coming out of this season. And um, I I don't know. I'm curious what you guys, who you guys think I'm talking about, if you have any guesses. And I won't keep you on the hook long, I will tell you. But if you have a guess off the dome, 
most interesting character are you saying replacing Mikey at this yeah. point? Yes. A hundred percent in line with that. You talking about the nurse? The nurse. No. Are you yeah, talking about nur- Jakeem? You're talking about the nurse uh, at the no. end? I am Keith David. No. no. Beth's parents. I am, Pat uh, fighting no. fighting Pat. You've named almost e- every Pat? character in this. Joe McHale. No. Nope. <laughs> it is my man, Zeke. Wow. <laughs> the Zeke character blossomed in this finale. First off, did you know he loves that his Chinese name, food? His name is spelled Z E E K. That's how you spell not, Zeke. That is not how no. you spell Zeke. Oh, I, I looked <laughs> is, at that and was like, that's how I would spell it. <laughs> yeah. That's how it, that is how a child spells Zeke, yep. um, which I guess tracks uh, with who you are. Um, and then <laughs> Zeke sees uh, the Thunderbolt and is like giddy as a schoolboy. And then he's absolutely plowing through Chinese food. Oh, like a champion. That's how I want to eat Chinese food. I mean, oh, just everything, just a little bit of everything. Did the, Zeke I, is, I have a side question here. Did the magic Thunderbolt, who is a genie, mind you, Jim walk, walk to China? What exactly was, what took so long for this magic genie? Well, was he just once going you, to different shops? He was, yeah, he was getting a little okay. bit for, of the, all the, all over the place. It was, okay. uh, I mean, oh, that, you know, that spread was, I mean, that had to take a while. That was quite the spread. Yeah. I don't, I didn't believe that he could carry all of that in those bags, but I don't know. Who, who am I to say? Yeah. It looked yeah. real good. It definitely made oh, me hungry man. to watch. Yeah. Hungry for more <laughs> Zeke. <laughs> I mean, good uh thanks for looping it back to the real topic at hand honestly zeke dropped a lot of personality in this episode when he saw the thunderbolt he was he was absolutely loving it it was we've talked about this a lot it was basically pete pretty much (laughs) i mean how pumped would you be if you saw genies were real and then that genie was jim gaffigan giving you all you could eat chinese food i mean that's you got to be excited about that Plus, all of his toys and contraptions he put into stripe works. Oh, um, he wished for a new part and it came. That's way you easier than ordering through the, the catalog. <laughs> now that you mention it, and this is jumping off a little bit, but 100% honestly, the biggest, most audible reaction for me in the episode when I was watching it is when Stripe pulled out the chainsaw. Just that moment. <laughs> great shot. Great shot. Super fun. Really, Very yeah, fun. really just pulled off looping in everything that they've talked about all season long with Stripe. And as much as it was frustrating to have Stripe off the board, obviously it was building up to that moment. Obviously that's what they were working towards. And that's what my big feeling about a lot of this episode was. I think, mind you, they were pretty upfront about this, or at least Jeff Johns was upfront about this at the beginning of the season, that he was looking at this for streaming pacing. Like he was looking at this as a bingeable show, a 13 part movie or whatever you want to call it. Like that's how he structured it. And that's what really paid off here is these things that they've been peppering throughout that sometimes felt like, okay, come on, let's, let's get to the flamethrower already. We can get to the, you've mentioned it like five times, but if you're a fan watching it on HBO max, which is probably where more people are going to watch the show at this point. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And it does provide those payoff moments in this episode. And that's why I'm saying the Zeke arc where he went from guy to regular guy <laughs> to a guy that says, ooh, baby. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee, uh, says Zeke. Uh, anyway. Yes, very fun. Wild. What a man coming into his own. 
Uh, what did you think, just to jump into the meat of the episode, because most of it was a big, pretty much nonstop fight with Eclipso from the yeah. beginning to the And Eclipso had some real moves. That yeah. one, like, kind of, like, knee slide, like, finishing move was really mm-hmm. badass. I think that was a Super Mario Kart power slide he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I know my moves. Yeah, the, There were a bunch of different fight scenes, of course, with him. Some of them, frankly, I felt like were of the variety of people standing around and waiting and what? staring at each other until they released and did one thing. But there were things like the stripes fight scene that I thought were great. Uh, also, the Cindy... Uh, Courtney team Eclipso. up fight, yes. yeah, that was awesome. very cool, and that yeah. reminded me really pleasantly of the spinning fight that they did in that first or second, I guess, big Shiv episode back in season one. So yeah. that was very cool as well. And just those moments throughout really powered me through the slower points of the episode, uh, just because again, what slower points, dude? What are you talking about? This there were slower non-stop. points. No way. There were slower points. I'm sorry. Barb woke people up, you know, mm-hmm. and then like got her car keys ready to go. And slow then point. like, yeah, That's I don't know what you're talking about. Point. It was just like, I was hanging on every second of that. Great the point when Eclipse was on the car and he sees Stripe coming and you know, he sees Stripe coming and then he's yeah. just staring staring and staring well because you can't believe it it's like wait a second is this a puppeting a lot of dimensional doors yes yeah there's a lot of things and i'll tell you what he catches that chainsaw right in the dump Mm -hmm. and he took it sparks fly oh man uh another moment while i'm calling out things i like though i loved how they brought in grundy here i thought rick my superpower is my friend Grundy coming in, kicking the crap out of Eclipso. Very good. Really nice payoff of that as well. That was so huge because, like, even Eclipso was like, what are you doing here, guy? You don't have your powers? And then it was like, I don't need powers when I got Grundy. My power is friends. Yeah. My my powers are feeding the swamp for a whole season. (laughs) For that payoff. But, man, when... uh, uh, Grundy got a big hole in him. I, I was very, very sad. He gets wrecked pretty quickly. Now, mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, we get Shade hanging out with Rick at the Grundy grave. Very large grave. By the way, I have, I have no questions about how Rick got Grundy into that grave all by himself or yeah. buried him or that dirt or anything like that. Well, I think he just stepped into the hole in his chest and picked it up like a barrel. <laughs> picked up the corpse <laughs> like a barrel. <laughs> And walked it over. That's yeah. how I would do it. Two suspenders. The old barrel move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what were you going to ask, though, about Grunty coming back? I feel like maybe, uh, for those of you that don't know, the character of uh, Solomon Grundy in the comic books, his whole thing is being resurrected. And in yep. the Starman comic book, uh, famously, um, when he did come back, he had a different personality, a much more gentle personality, which also allowed same. him to become a hero. And be part of sort of the Starman family. And, uh, yeah. oh my God, I'm blanking on the, what was it? The Gotham show where Grundy was like, also died, but then came back different and was like, uh, you know, not a better version, like a worse version of himself. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting when he comes back next season, what kind of Grundy we're going to get. But also, you want to talk about people who were hype, like as soon as we saw saw shade he is in such a better he's just all having fun just like oh yeah there's a big battle going on but man i'm gonna get some zingers in 
That was yeah. another one of those moments that definitely wasn't padded out when Dr. Renetter's like, wait, how did you come back? And Shade is like rattling through maybe 50 different explanations. Like, I guess we'll have a no. poop a doop a doop Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just bounces out of there. And it's fine. I don't need to know or anything like that, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Well, and as we're discussing all this, I feel like maybe the overall note I have is this felt very comic booky in a great way. Like that scene you're just describing, Alex. Yeah, a TV show, uh, a more TV TV show would sort of have an explanation and really walk us well, through it. Well, he did it. say he was keeping this... the parents alive. Yeah, and like you, that's good because it established that he is good as well mm-hmm. as mischievous and bad and all of that. Um, but I think that scene felt very comic booky, where it's like, I'm back, uh, gotta go, do this next thing in a second, <laughs> in two panels or whatever. So like... And a great moment when Eclipso's climbing up and jumping roof to roof. I was like, this is straight out of like a Batman comic. Like, right. it, there was a lot of great visual. It's my time, and, my time story now. structure. Yeah. And story structure that really felt um, comic booky in an excellent way. It felt like Jeff Johns really bringing that energy purposefully to this. Well, I think the most Jeff Johnsy thing to me in a very positive way. Oh, what are you going to I know what you're going to say, I think, and I'm curious. Oh, I I was going to say when Courtney finally breaks out through the power of love and family and everybody being Mm. around, that to me was the thing that was the most, like, just driving back to what the character is and what the character is about, that Eclipsil, ultimately, the way that he messes up is by being like, nobody loves you. And she's like, what? No, I have lots of people. Everybody loves me. Everybody loves me. I'm the star of this show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My name's on the title. We bring it up yeah. at the beginning. This time, it was a different color. It was purple and... Justin, you know. what, what did you think he was going to say for the Jeff John scene? Uh, I'll tell you in one second. Well, I see it. In that moment, wow, I thought... really was... teasing stuff. Yeah, really, really teasing just, it. There's... Well, I just wanted to respond one more time. Like, in the moment, I thought when she was like, no one loves you, she's going to be like, but I'm in summer school. Because this is summer school. Uh, but no, yeah. the moment you were going to say that um, felt the most comic booky to me was when they have Eclipso on the ropes and they are all blasting him with their different colored oh, yes. light yeah. powers. Absolutely. I was like, this is straight out of a comic book. I loved it. Uh, the light wielders blasting him yeah. felt like very green, Jeff John's Green Lantern comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very cool. And sort of, besides being a comic book fan and loving seeing it, symbolized like that people from all variety good bad or the thunderbolt being like sort of uh indifferent um coming together to to beat eclipse was very cool what did you think about them doing pretty much straight up the loki facing down the avengers or avengers facing down loki thing from the first avengers movie right before that like when eclipse is on the steps and they're all gather same shots like same exact shots which i think is fine you could do a homage well i don't mind it I don't yeah. mind it, especially because we're not gonna. We never got that in the Justice League movie. We're mm-hmm. not. We haven't gotten it with our DC characters, and this felt like a great execution of that. Even though yeah, it, was a it felt bit epic, crisp. and it was like nice to see everybody come together in a you know. Yeah, great, and I agree with you on the light moment as well. That was very fun, very so cool. comic booky. Really enjoyed that. And as soon as Jakeem said, "Your toast" or whatever the line yeah. was, I was like, "He's definitely going to change." It turn into toast, right? Powdered right. toast, man. I mean, come on. Good punch. And, and the toast had Eclipse on burn mm-hmm. marks. Yeah, yeah, like almost full. Yeah, that was. I was like, that's goofy. That's goofy <laughs> yeah. in a way that a show that just had the heroes, the different heroes face down 
absolute darkness, dealing with the, the fact that they've killed, being un, unloved or underloved by your parents, like all this crazy. And there's like, and the bad guys toes. It's like a pun. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's good. I, I mean, honestly would have wanted more of that from this season. At the end, when they're all yes. sitting on the steps and they're like, well, this is finally feeling like summer. I was like, uh, <laughs> this is the last episode. Go back. Go back in time. Yeah, but it. it's also like the weather-wise was all over the place. And they finally got sure, like a day that true. felt like summer, you know? Mm, yeah. And yeah. then the, there's the, definitely a weather comment. Yeah. The other moment that I'll throw out there that I thought was great, even though you know it's coming as soon as... Barb looks out the door and says, whoa, it's you. Starman showing up. And the way that he helped Courtney was perfect. Yeah, the because maybe I think... too. I was like, Joe McHale, you snarky son of a gun. Oh, man. I didn't know who was at the door. Uh, but I thought that was such a great entrance and such a, a fantastic use of Joe McHale. Well, I also like the fact, and I'm sure they're going to play with this a lot next season now that we know he's moving in with Whitmore Dugans, but the the fact that like he was good and he was helpful because there's been all these questions about what is he doing? Why is he looking for Pat? How is he back alive? That certainly makes you very suspicious of him, and there's still plenty of time to dig into that. But the fact that in this final fight here... He was straight up helping Courtney, saying, no, I'm not taking the staff away from you. I'm helping you fight through this and coaching you through this. I thought was awesome. I loved how that executed. Yeah, I mean, the way he was creepily listening in the basement and then came back in and was like, hey, listen, I'm not trying to do all these things you said. Maybe under your breath, away from my ears, uh, I'm here to help, was, was really nice because... Uh, that's what you want. You don't want Joe McHale to come back and be like, all right, this is my show now. Thanks, everybody. Uh, you want him to train Courtney to use it right and to, and to kind of really, um, uh, you know, because uh, the staff is its own kind of character a little bit, and there's a lot to do there. So it was nice to kind of get that attention. Do we think that he's good? He He's... He's still he's smarmy and he's a little. He's Joe McHale. He's gonna. That's gonna be a little bit on there, but no, I, I do think he's good. Mm, I don't think so. I, I think it's gonna be a long play, but the fact that he hasn't said how he came back or anything like that, at the very least, and this is not necessarily evil, but at the very least, that moment where he says superheroes don't need school sets him up in direct conflict with Pat next season, which I think yeah. is great. To have Pat. I mean, do you guys, as parents, you guys agree with that? That like, if you're a superhero, you don't really. Oh wow! I just gave my kids grappling hooks and. uh, Oh, you're a good. You're a good. Set them out on the roof. See what happens. Good luck. Stop one crime tonight, or no candy. (laughs) Dinner is candy at your house, right? Candy crime. Mm -hmm. Oh man, the. Yeah, I think there's something going on with him, and I do like Pat's arc here. Seeing Luke Wilson fight Luke Wilson, was come silly. on, a bat, the the versus fights were fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the one was a little too close to kind of Wolverine, but whatever. You know what I mean? It was still very little shiv. Yeah, little shiv versus uh, big shiv. Yeah, I, cool. I don't. I I just thought the versus moments were cool, and it was hysterical. To see Pat Dugan giving Pat Dugan a headlock and uh, it was crazy. It's like seeing it's like seeing vanilla fight a slightly spicier vanilla. Come on, dude! (laughs) Don't say that. The dude is phenomenal. 
It's like pouring together whole milk and 2% milk in a glass and watching them fight. No, go, come on. The poet's like, that's not all dad used to say. And then he finished the sentence as he hit him in the face with a keyboard. That's hysterical. Even evil Pat wasn't that evil. He just like was a <laughs> little bit Because it's still fighter. Pat. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He was just yeah. actually having fun was the yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, he was just Pat who had a good night's sleep. Like. <laughs> <laughs> also, just the way pat's used in this show is really interesting he is like courtney's sort of hook and moral center and like it keeps her going um but in any action sequence they're like pat you go you're the least equipped for this go into danger <laughs> i'm like don't say well him. the way he ran by eclipso early on he was like you go help uh, best parents he's like Ooh. you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You cool with but, this eclipse, so I'm just gonna yeah, run by. Okay. I'm not gonna do anything. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh my god. I feel god. like we're also setting Pat up to be next season to be this sort of uh traffic cop dealing with all these different enemies and friends trying to like exist in the same town. Although yeah. like the fact that he risked himself to uh go help Mikey in the robot and then was kind of flailing around by his arm there was powerful and very cool. Yeah, it was pretty incredible to see him save his son from an exploding robot. Yeah. Real real good parenting there, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Not That's me. True. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd save the robot. I'd save myself. I could make more kids. Oh, Ooh, nice. <laughs> wow. But you can't make another robot. I really hope yeah, your kids true. never listen to any of these because they, they will. Won't. They yeah, will. There's zero percent chance of that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah the, our 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 descendants will pass down these podcasts like <laughs> uh, like precious uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. family. I did. Heirloom. How did you feel, Justin? Because you correctly predicted <laughs> that Mikey would ride in the stripe soup this episode, yes. and he did. He certainly enjoyed it. He uh, did all the, the butt waggle. Uh, he's Come very on. adept. Uh, Smoke him if you stuff. got him. Uh, the chainsaw moment was great. Uh, it was nice to see uh, Mikey participating in a way uh, that was, you know, appropriate. And it does make a little more sense to have Mikey in the striped suit than Pat, right? Yeah. Well... Especially if Pat's just going to be like boots on the ground, running around, talking to everybody, sort of the communicator. Giving give them pep talks as they go down. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, put Mikey in that suit. Let him pull on all those levers and whatever. It's fun. I like that. I also, if we want to jump in and start talking about the end of the episode, just because there's so many things that are laid out there, I do love having Sportsmaster Tigress and Artemis all move in next oh, door. Man. That's great. Very fun. Really. Really showing some character progression by bringing muffins that aren't like gluten-free muffins, you know, like the really well, let's, they learn the power of sugar. I, think. I mean, the fact that like we kind of have everybody come together and fight Eclipso was really awesome. And you guys talked about it. But when you saw the two arrows go into Eclipso's chest, I was like, no way. And that was like, that was that was really cool. I mean, it was fun that they showed up, threw a couple of darts into um, the Eclipso, yeah. beat him, and then afterwards they're like high-fiving along with everybody else. I was like, you guys didn't do shit. Get out of here. <laughs> they really Sometimes you just got to show up at the end, throw a couple darts. You know? You're they literally are so, they're like I go banging bar their to bats bar. together. I go bar to bar with my own darts, and I just wait until somebody's about to finish a, a darts game, and I just throw it right into the bullseye, and I'm like... 
later. Oh, you throw it right into the bullseye? Well, <laughs> well, I walk over and I place it in the bullseye. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Take a sip really? of the beer, really, to like drive it home. Wow. What, a, wow. what an alpha. You yeah. must go and make so many friends at these bars you go to. Uh, absolutely. I don't stick around to find out necessarily. I'm usually running out the door after yeah, I for your life. this ritual, but it is what it is. But that's going to be a fun tease. We talked about the shade a little bit. I also loved the scene with Cindy and Yolanda at the end. Oh, there. yeah. Cindy, always great. But the idea of her saying, come on, you got a pass. I should get a pass. The way she delivers yeah. that line was so good. And it's going to be really interesting to see her. That's going to be a tough conversation. To yeah. That's going to be tough because it's like, uh, yeah, Cindy, I mean, technically you're right. But I don't know if you really want to be good. Well, probably not. It's going to be a hard road, but I do like her looking at Yolanda as sort of this forced sponsor for her on this journey. I think that's a really good pair up, particularly because Yolanda has been so purposefully sidetracked this season, whether through grief or anguish or just literally being off screen. I think pairing the two of them together changes up the Cindy Courtney dynamic, but it also makes the Cindy Yolanda dynamic very interesting going forward. Yeah, because I think it's they're occupying a little bit of the same spot mm-hmm. um, in the JSA. Um, if assuming she joins, she joins. But they are really two sides of the same coin. Like Yolanda has done something bad but wants to be good, and Cindy's done something good but sort of wants to be bad. Her instincts are to be bad, so that's mm-hmm. a fun way that they can like mess with each other going forward. And also, it was. You know, if Cindy is really growing, I mean, it was pretty cool for her to be like, yeah, okay, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, I guess she didn't need to get darker. Yeah, she needs to, you know, uh, do, you know, so that was, that was interesting. I do really uh, think that Cindy and Yolanda together are great on screen, and I like their back and forth for sure. So I definitely hope that continues. Um, There was, there was one thing that, oh, I want to talk about the Beth stuff, some real emotional, mm-hmm. like, you know, it was a little crazy how quick their parents' <laughs> marriage was back on, but um, yeah. I do really liked the, you know, once, like, kind of uh, Eclipso's power was gone and we got to see the two Midnighters dressed alike and, like, the par- the part where he was like, you should be very proud, like, to the parents was really emotional. And then, like, to see Beth, like, happy was great. That was just, that was some good stuff. But now her parents are too involved in her life. Too? They I... care too much. <laughs> yeah, they're... And we're going to see probably a new costume for her, which is something that her character does get in the comics as well, is this nanofiber or nanotech uh, black and yellow costume. So that should be interesting if we see that going cool. forward. But um, also the that. fact, oh, sorry, but the fact that, like, because this whole thing with uh, Joel McHale as well, like, who's going to be what? And then, you know, that whole bad thing, Mid- Midnighter, when she found out, you know, where his wife was and, that, you know, like, hey, you have a son. And this whole thing of, like, you know, but what if the world needs a Dr. Midnighter? And he was like, it already has one. Just powerful just great and i loved how i followed that up with it's me just to be clear (laughs) not you he's out no no no, no, get out of here no it was don't Um, ruin how how did you feel pete about the fact that you not only did we not not see two owls Mm -hmm. we did not see one owl 
the only, the owl continues to stand alone. That's heartbreaking. I mean, that's somebody in the writer's room not paying attention. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you set this up, you set up the sad owl all by itself, and then you left it there. You know, I don't know what it's called, where it's the, you know, the gun that you kind of talk about. Chekhov's then, owl? Yeah, there, yeah, Chekhov's <laughs> owl. Yeah, you really, you drop the owl on that one. Yeah. An AK-47, I think that's what you're thinking of. The yeah. gun you talk about. <laughs> no, the gun you talk about. Nah, nope. Uh, yeah, less disappointing to not see the owl. He ran off after his son, who he's never met, instead of the owl that he knows very well, who is oh. dying at the Genesee Slowly dying. Very Maybe sad. next season is an, the all-owl season that we... Oh, owl, yeah. owl in the mees. Court yeah. owls. <laughs> oh, court of owls. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, Dr. Igniter is gone. Beth is dealing with her parents. Yolanda is dealing with Cindy. Courtney is definitely going to be stuck between Pat and Starman at this point. We also got Jakeem and Mikey maybe yeah. forming their own junior, young junior J- JSA, something like that. Mm-hmm. Triple J. We'll see what happens. That feels like that's going to be a hilarious comedy of errors. We also... He didn't show up very much this season, but we also got to see Cameron is finally finding out about his ice powers. Oh, the oh fucking boy. old ass racist people. Fuck that. Those man. old maniacs. Oh, <laughs> oh, shoot ice. What would you do if your grandparents came up to you and said, it's time to tell you the truth about ourselves and started breathing ice and then their eyes turned blue? I'd be like, well, you guys are dying. Both of you are very <laughs> I'd asleep. probably run for my life. <laughs> to the hospital. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, interesting... He's the only character set up as an uh, enemy and not mm-hmm. a frenemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh, but though he still likes Courtney, so he doesn't yeah, really he does. have a very good reason, I guess, until he finds out that Mikey was responsible for his dad's death. But until then, he doesn't really have a reason to be their enemy. So, I don't know. We'll Except see. for Ice Grandpa and Grandma. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe they got raisins. Him. Yeah. I thought for a second you said they have raisins, which is also probably true. Let's be honest. They have they have raisins. Yeah. They have Werther's Originals. They got raisins. You know, whatever you want. <laughs> Literally whatever you want. <laughs> whatever, uh, want. whatever old stuff they have. What are, their, got... their, what are their raisins? What are their raisins for acting that way? Mm, well, California raisins is one. Uh, one let's raisin. stop. Let's stop They heard this. it through the grapevine. Oh, Let's talk on. about the post-credits tag, because we go over to the Helix Institute. We get to see that creepy nurse and the reveal of, as we mentioned, Keith David as Mr. Bones from the comic books. For those who don't know about Mr. Bones, that we have talked about him on the podcast before, he's got transparent skin, muscle, and organs. His right, skin right, right. is poison, so you can't mm-hmm. touch him. And he also has super strength. And in the comics, he's originally a villain. He actually tackle, tangles with... Yolanda and Beth and he Infinity. also hates it if you mess with his fries. You never mess with another man's fries. Absolutely. Well, but that's yeah, just yeah. like everybody. Everybody right, right. that. Yeah, that's all the characters. Yeah, or Baglers. You can have his Baglers though. That's fine. That's not a big deal. Right, what? Pete? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't. Baglers, the fries left at the bottom of the bag. You don't call them Baglers? No, I've never heard that. That's a oh, weird. that's like stragglers. Yeah, but like Baglers. But baglers, huh? How, why would you think Pete would know that? It seems straight over the place. It's a food people. thing. It's a food <laughs> it's a thing. thing. Food. We're talking about the fries. loose food thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he 
he seems a little different here. He eventually in the comic books became the head of the DEO, the Department of Extranormal Operations, I believe, which is over in Supergirl, and they're running a different version of it there. Oh, yeah, they are. Um, this definitely seems like the more villainous version. He seems like the big bad for season three. But what do you think he wants at this point with Blue Valley and with everything that's going on here? What makes him a villain? Well, I'm curious. Um, He probably, if I had to guess, he wants to control some of these um, superhumans so that he can use them to to do missions and whatnot. It feels like that's what they were trying to uh, control Jade's brother, Todd, who we don't actually get to see um, as uh, we had predicted or I had predicted. I thought we would see him. Um, So it seems like they're just tracking. Maybe it's not working out with Todd or Todd is somehow Mm -hmm. missing. And so they're going to be like, well, let's go track down these other uh, superheroes who are pretty powerful. Jade, despite the fact that she's like, should I go fight Eclipso? And Barbara's like, yes, go. You are very powerful. (laughs) Um, I think he's going to be tracking down them. Yeah. Pete, any predictions for season three as we're moving into that here? Uh, Man, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited. It seems like, uh, you know, we got a new bad, which is great. Um, and you know, Keith David, I mean, he's, his voice is creepy in all the right ways. So just like hearing that, uh, uh, voice is, is just so powerful. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how they're going to use him, but I'm also just glad that we're going to spend some time training Courtney and getting her like, uh, uh, kind of like really superheroed up here. So it should be cool. I I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited about that, too. Just the uh, tease here that we're going to find out a lot more about the Cosmic Staff and the origins there in Season 3. Very interested to find out what's going on with Starman and whether that is, in fact, Starman at all or somebody else. You know, maybe we'll find out that Bones is not the real villain of the season. Maybe he's somebody who's interested in the town, and ultimately it is Joel McHale's character, whoever that is, who is going to turn out to be the big bad. Um, Just a theory. That's what I think. I think Bones is going to end up being sort of a gruff force that will Mm -hmm. eventually be for good, while Starman is very suspicious. Mm. Um, And as we know, this next season is going to move into regular school. (laughs) Yeah, not summer school anymore. Much less fun. And this already was uh, kind of a bummer, as we've talked about. Uh, Not not the season. We enjoyed the season, I think. Yes. We're talking about summer school. What happened? Yeah, summer school, just as a concept. Before we wrap up here, though, what other was there something else you wanted to call out, Justin? Look like yeah, I, huge, oh. huge gap in. Um, I didn't hear a lot of uh, radio updates in this. Oh movie. yeah, we didn't very get the... little DJ yeah. involvement, which is always a shame. Well, Easy yeah. to slide it in, like, whoa, we got a big fight downtown, downtown, everybody head downtown or don't go downtown if you don't want to fight. What was Please. his name? DJ Freaky Z or something like that? <laughs> no, that's your DJ. Oh, that's Freaky Zalvin, right? Yeah. Hey, Z. it's me, DJ Freaky Z, and once again, we're playing The Monster Bash, the only song we have the rights to. Here we go. <laughs> it's almost Halloween, the only time this station makes any sense. <laughs> they do the bash. Before we wrap up here, though, I... let's... Oh, okay. Yes, go ahead. I just wanted to say there was one part that I wanted to talk about. Like, 
This is like the bagglers of opinions of the podcast book. Exactly. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. Hey, what a short thing wrong. we have. Hey, we might be fries at the bottom of the bag, but we still count as fries. They're um, the most delicious fries. Pretty I believe wrong. Oscar Wilde said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all at the bottom of the bag, but some of us are looking up at the fryer or whatever. I believe they're called Chekhov's fries. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to kind of talk about Shade uh, uh, being a dick to Rick. Um, The fact that... Rick Dick. Yeah, the real Rick Dick, where he was just kind of like, ironic. (laughs) The fact that your parents were killed by this beast, yet you're mourning him. Um, I... I liked where it got eventually, but that's a real dick thing to say to Mm -hmm. somebody right off the bat. Like, hey, remember when your parents died? Um, it was by Grundy's hands. So, also, I'm uh, not 100% sure that's irony, but I'll just throw that out there. Well, you know, if you want to go back to the song, I mean, there was a lot of things that were just kind of, you know, I think, they weren't I ironic, think Alana they... says, after 10,000 Spoons, I think she mentions Grundy and, and our <laughs> yeah, she relationship. Does. She does give a lot. It's yeah. like, bury Grundy <laughs> after they kill your parents. Yeah. So it's I, a weird song. It was yeah. a weird time. It's a weird time for sure. But I I just thought that like uh Shay continues to be this will he won't he character and I was hoping to get that a little bit more cleaned up like Shade's a good guy. He is uh you know helpful uh, but it still was kind of like, you know, Shay being Well, you mean the, when you say will will he won't he you mean he and Barb? No. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Because like, you're a bar- you're a berade you're a berade shipper. I'm a bar pat guy. Okay. I do actually want to ask you about this, Pete, and I know you're going to say no. I feel like there's some kind of some sparks between Barb and Starman. Nope. Don't you think? Nope. I don't know. She what seemed you- pretty surprised and interested to see him at the door. Well, and- it's a surprise yeah. for yeah. sure. What do you think about Barb and Evil Pat? <laughs> that guy's a little more he know, maybe a tighter they shirt. to spice it up a little bit she's like be evil pat tonight he's oh, like man. all right i'm gonna make pancakes with m&ms wow wow stop i don't all know right, what pat. impression you're doing there but stop it all right pat now you kiss evil pat all right <laughs> all right all right, all right. Oh, classic luke wilson before we wrap up here, who was the star of the episode? Pete, That's star of the tough. episode. It's it's really hard to pick. I mean, you know, Pat said it was um it was Courtney, you know, but I agree with Courtney. It took it took everybody for it to happen. Um I don't know. I really think Cindy was the star. The way Cindy got not only people to drop their shit and join the fight, but the way that Cindy made some phone calls, brought in some extra. Uh, I think Cindy uh, might deserve a shot um, mm-hmm. to get on the team, and she really brought it. And I thought there would be this thing where Cindy is like, I'll help, but then I'm going to fuck shit up. I was impressed, so I'm saying Cindy. Hmm. I, I hate to say the same character that I've used a lot, um, but I think the star was clearly Zeke. Uh, this episode, yeah, uh, Zeke really emerged as a the full flower of his possible character. Eating here. goals for sure. I mean, the way he—I want to one day be able to eat like Zeke, uh, eat like, like Zeke. Zeke. 
I'd like to eat like Zeke. I think that Zeke will be revealed later as a future version of Mikey sent back in time to eat <laughs> Chinese food with yeah. his friends. And I'll tell uh, you what, that might happen. <laughs> That's a great life. This is a very easy one, but I'm just going to give it up to Courtney in this episode. So easy. It was very easy. What a bandwagoner. But it was a good episode for Courtney. We've talked a lot about how she has been on the side for most of this season while we've been focusing on everybody else. But seeing her step up, refocusing on the core values of the show, which are all about her light and her bringing these people together, which is exactly what she did here, I thought was great to see. And it it was very pleasing right at the end. Pleasing. I was pleased. I thought thought this was a very pleasing episode. I mean, so much fun. So much happened. Totally agree. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Stargirl. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at StarGuysPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until season three, StarGuys out. See you next season, gang. Zeke! <laughs> <laughs>